0: make drones great again
1: (laughs) oh my god i love it i love it where where is that website and can i sign up
0: (laughs) this is the rc roundtable a casual discussion about all aspects of flying model airplanes
1: Hey guys, welcome to RC Roundtable. We're gonna have fun with this episode because I'm in charge now. So with me today is Terry. Hi. Fitz. Hello. And we have no agenda today, so we're just gonna wing it. So what's new, Terry?
2: Is that really our intro? Oh God, I thought it was pretty good. We just I'm not complaining. I just I'm trying to understand if we're actually doing (laughs) it or joking. I can't tell.
1: (laughs) And I was just going for it and getting things. Just go know. with
2: it, Terry. Just go with <laughs> okay. it. All right, so what's new? Um, have you seen the, the Manta FPV plane? I have now.
1: <laughs>
0: As a matter of fact, I did. I, I saw it first at the hobby store. I walked into the hobby store, and I saw this thing sitting on a counter, and my first thought is, what the heck is this thing?
1: It needs to be black with a long tail.
0: Because it's a <laughs> Manta?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> then well, you Because it's made by Blade, which they make rotary wing stuff. Uh, it's not a rotary wing.
0: It is if you flat spin it.
2: That's true. Does it have <laughs> vectored thrust?
1: No, it's it, just one. It, just one vector.
2: All right, well, since you've seen one in the flesh, Fitz, tell us about it.
0: Well, I don't know if it in the flesh. It was in a box. <laughs>
2: <laughs> flesh box. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, that could be a dark path. Let's let's change directions there.
0: Uh, well, I mean, it, it was it's kind of catchy. It's an unusual design. I mean, it literally looks like a manta. It's got the, the face and the wings. Just needs a tail. Uh, I was just surprised to see a FPV fixed wing plane instead of normal quadcopter stuff. And uh, so it, it turns out that this is a sort of a fledgling racing class of that they're trying to introduce, with using flying wings instead of using quadcopters.
2: Uh, oh, yeah. I um, built one a little while ago, the flight test version. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun. The, the one thing
0: that jumped out at me is it comes with a 600 milliwatt transmitter, uh, which, from mostly what I understand, it requires a ham license. But I didn't see anywhere on the box that it said you should have a ham license to use this thing, which I thought was a little strange. I would strange. imagine the
2: manual says that.
0: The manual might, or but should... it didn't say anything on the box. That's what.
2: Yeah.
1: Did it mention part 107 on the box?
0: I think Part One Hundred Seven didn't exist when they printed it.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're gonna start putting oh, seven, stickers on it. <laughs>
0: that'd be an amazing. Piece of clairvoyance if they did.
1: <laughs> no, they'll have those little add-on stickers they'll put on the box. <laughs> oh, and by the way, well, I mean it's it's you know you fly it. You don't have to fly it FPV. It's uh, but it's got that feature on it. Yeah, but what?
2: I can see why they wouldn't put it in the box. Hey, you, in case you were thinking of buying this plane, here's a reason why you shouldn't. <laughs> Do you have 150 bucks?
1: Yeah, That's a good point. <laughs> Do you have time to take a test? <laughs> yeah. I like the design. I think it's really eye-catching. I, I'm actually looking forward to It appears that it comes raw in white EPO form. APO foam, excuse me, and you add the stickers on, so I'm, I'm assuming there are going to be a lot of people customizing a, a neat paint job on this, and I'd like to see that.
2: Well, there are other airframes that, that get raced as well, I assume. I don't know if they've actually established strict classes yet, but I would think there's more than just this out there.
0: Yeah, I think the, the yeah. classes are broken down by, I think, wingspan.
2: Okay. Did, so.
1: did I not get heard in that last... I was talking about a North paint job, and all of a sudden you were talking about racing it.
2: Well, I got the impression you were saying that this is kind of the only game in town for fixed-wing racing. No! And... Oh
1: did I just... I feel like I said one thing and something else came out of my mouth. I was just saying that it's an all-white EPO foam that comes with decals. I think this would be a great base to have a cool paint job. I think that if people bought this, they could really customize this really well.
0: Well, I, I think it depends how you paint it Depend will matter how fast you go. So certain colors go well, faster. Well, it's FPV,
2: than It doesn't matter, right? They can all be the same color. What do you
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boy, this is, this is, this is a cool-looking thing, and all of a sudden we're talking FPV and racing. Well, that's what it's for.
0: <laughs> You're the one who went off topic.
1: It's not just meant for FPV racing. It says FPV ready. It doesn't mean you have to do it for FPV. Although the camera's kind of cool.
0: It comes with it comes with all the stuff for it.
1: Well, that's great. And all I'm talking about how cool it looks.
0: Well, yeah, it does look cool. In the air,
1: like if you're the non-FPV pilot and you go, "Hey, look at this awesome paint job I have on my." manta <laughs> I, yes but i you, call it bob if you're going to pay
0: four hundred dollars for this thing you're not going to take all the fpv stuff out of it
1: just... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying take it out i'm just wow i love how this episode is starting up i'm just saying it is a cool plane to have an awesome paint job i hope someone who buys it and flies fpv does something really radical with it and maybe even add a tail <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said you wanted you a conversation where you could just make fun of me. There you go. I'll du- open the door for you, Terry. Are you yeah. done? I'm done. <laughs>
0: Actually, I agree. It's a tail would be pretty cool. it's $420.
1: <laughs> <the> next topic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a tail would be pretty neat on this thing.
1: See? Thank you very much, Fitz.
2: <laughs> Moving on. Come on. Come on. Our listeners don't have time. They gotta know what else is out there. <laughs> All right. Well, point out what makes this thing unique it's got it comes with a camera you said that right It comes with a video transmitter and a analog camera and also a molded spot for a GoPro right correct so all the cameras are up front yep I wonder if it needs that GoPro for CG so could you fly it without a camera
1: yeah because the flight in-flight pictures of it right now do not have a GoPro on it oh no kidding okay
0: well I think the Gopro's in inside the body so uh, but the way they word it it sounds like it's an optional thing it, it'll fly just fine without it okay so you don't have to have it for ballast correct
1: oh I see yeah it's it's not like attached to the outside it's actually molded inside it's got a little wooden plywood frame for both the GoPro which looks like a what a hero three maybe they I say think this is three or four they say three yeah. or four correct and then a little the FPV camera right next to it.
0: Yeah, and they say it's FET Shark compatible with 5.8 gigahertz. And of course, I'm sure you like this Lee. It's got safe and AS3X.
1: Woohoo. Now <laughs> I see something odd here. Now this is really taking this to a different uh direction. But the connector, the battery connector inside this E flight wing is an XT sixty.
2: Mm, does it say it comes with that?
1: No, nope, but I'm just looking at the, hmm. the stock photo.
0: You think they're switching over from, what do they normally come with?
1: EC3 and EC5s. Really? Interesting. Yeah, you would think they're pretty heavily invested in that. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Or did I just catch a glitch and going, what? Who
2: put that there? No, what connectors do you use, Lee?
1: Uh, I, I'm still a Dean's guy, but on my higher capacity batteries, I've switched to EC5s.
2: Okay. I'm still Dean's all around except on the really tiny stuff.
1: Can you? Well, we had this discussion. I mean, I just can't put 10-gauge on a Dean's. It's just, there's just too much uh, heat loss. You know, it's, just, it's just melting them when you try to heat that. Anyway, it's got an XT60, and I find that odd. Indeed. You found the Easter egg. Oh, what do I get? Oh, I, Oh, my gosh. Look, it even says if you scroll through the Horizon Hobby site... You might also consider buying the X-T60 connector set. <laughs> um, are they switching things? The are picking. they appealing to the HK masses?
2: The what? Hobby <laughs> King. Sorry. Hobby <laughs> King! <laughs> uh, that's not the only camp for X-T connectors, is it?
1: That's no. where they mainly
2: come from. Would you
1: agree, Fitz?
0: They're good. I don't know of any... Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't
1: know of any other stock plane that comes with an XT-60 that's not from Hobby King. Hmm.
0: Listeners, um, please tell us what your response uh, is. But I, one of the planes I... I got came with an XT-60, but it's an off-brand thing.
1: I'm just saying. I find that... It... Very interesting. Well, you know what? And while I've got the listener's ear, while you're driving your car to work and killing some time, I'm looking at a photo of batteries on their website, and all of them have EC3s. And
2: uh, I don't see any that have XT60s on them. Yeah, I'd be really surprised if they're switching gears. I'm just curious why they would suggest that product as an upgrade.
0: What product? Okay. You mean a connector?
2: Yeah, the xt 60
0: Yeah, it comes with an XT60.
2: So. Oh, I, I thought he said you can consider upgrading. Oh, no, no, but no I'm no. just
1: saying they're offering you, I mean, I am surprised to see XTC, XT60s for sale on Horizon Hobby's website. I gotcha. And it may have been available for some time. I just never noticed that.
2: Hmm. Um, Now that they sell FMS products, do they come with those connectors? Fitz, can you answer the question?
0: No, I can't. I don't know. (laughs) Insufficient data to formulate a
1: reply. (laughs) Well, there's going to be some research by us, and we'll post that on our Facebook page. I right. that's am that's a very interesting, uh, situ- well, I mean, it's interesting. I think XT-60s are okay. I still use them in my Vampire, and I, you know, purchase batteries that have them on there. But whenever I get new, new items and I'm, you know, customizing my own plane, I I find that the EC5s are, are very decent and hold up very well. Hmm. Moving okay. on. Moving on. That's what I want to talk about.
0: Well, I see Spectrum has a new ground radio, RC car radio, pistol grip with a wheel, and what really caught my eye was it's a six-channel surface radio with a, a sort of tablet-like screen on top of it. It looks like they literally took a four or five-inch uh, smartphone tablet and stuck it on top, and it runs actually runs Android operating system, has telemetry, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. I mean, this is really my first thought is holy overkill batman what what are they trying to do with this radio it's uh, way overkill
2: with <laughs> six channels you can drive three cars at the same time yeah apparently so. at least yourself. <laughs> <laughs> when
1: you texted that uh, to me and I started looking at it I was like that is this the first time they've called it a smart radio trying to kick in with a smartphone
0: uh, this is this <laughs> yeah smart radio brilliant radio <laughs> <laughs> This is me. No, it's kind of neat in some ways. They, they say you can have third-party apps and that kind of stuff. So it's, you can conceivably make your own app for your radio, I guess, if you want to tweet while you're driving your car or something. I don't know what that is.
2: So did you get a feel for the target audience for this? Is it the guy who wants the latest and greatest, or is there, like, real hardcore new functionality that – somebody's gonna want this is really hardcore because what why
0: even if you're racing you might want three or four channels but what six what unless you really needed to mix something it seems like it's the wrong form factor to use six channels I would think people who would want a lot of channels like that in a ground radio would be people driving boats or some sort of specialized vehicle and wouldn't necessarily need a, a, a pistol grip to do it. They can use it with a, two sticks and a bunch of switches. Uh, especially are all you're...
2: six channels controlled through a switch or something?
0: Uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't really...
2: Now, I've seen other radios that have however many channels, but a certain number of them are just set aside for mixing and things like that. It, it says you can take,
0: all, take advantage of all six channels. You can drive up to three... Modes per model, so I guess you could switch modes. you know. But the funny thing is, looking at it, I don't see a whole lot of buttons and things on it. I see a couple of trims and a throttle, and, and of course, it's picture is hard to say, but... Uh,
2: well, is all that on the touchscreen
0: interface? There's stuff on the touchscreen, but I wouldn't want to try to use a touchscreen while you're driving something. It'd be really clumsy. It looks like there may be some embedded buttons on the back where you can hit them with your thumbs. I see a wheel. It looks like two buttons. Maybe another button on the grip. So that'll be one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so I can conceivably see six buttons on here. Uh, of course, when you got a six-channel radio, you, you can do mixing and that kind of stuff in different modes. If you're driving a gas or you want to have dual rates and all kinds of different things. But it just seems it's better to have too many channels and not enough. But I was like, holy mother, six-channel pistol grip radio, that's really ambitious.
1: Uh, but I, 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 this is not for the basic user. This is definitely for an expert yeah. driver or something unique. I mean, I, and maybe an even, I mean, I think I u- you usually see in like a robotics type, uh, well, you know, those robot fights and stuff. It's usually a, a two stick transmitter, but I can imagine you could use something like this to do that. I, I mean, this is not something,
0: you know, that, that would be a good point. Get. Yeah, like a, a, a robot. Those combat robots or whatever you want to call them that run
1: around well, maybe, and kill each other. This is maybe the, maybe one of the channels is a microphone. Where you say, flame on. <laughs> <laughs> Destroy other robot.
0: <laughs> well, it does talk to you. I don't think you can talk to it. It has telemetry. Uh, uh, but yeah, I guess, yeah, it, this is a really specialized thing. I think for most people, what? it's way overkill. No but. Siri? No. You Siri. Siri
2: win race.
0: That's <laughs> that's the next one.
2: I'll tell you what
1: I do like, and I mentioned this to Terry when we were uh, sharing the information about this new transmitter is that I think it's overkill. It's way too much. It, it's kinda I don't I mean, I am yeah, old school and I think you just need to learn the basics. But one thing I do like that this has that I hope they apply to future air transmitters is the Bluetooth transfer option. This has the ability for you to use the app, you know, whatever app, you know, Android or uh, iPhone, whatever, whatever it supports, so that you can download all your settings and model memories directly to your smartphone, without the need of a cable or an SD card. And I have not mm. seen that before. So the fact that this has that, I that is something I would use. And I think if you have a computer radio right now, let's just, you know, I think we talked about this in the past, Fitz, that uh, the, the DX9. Or the jog thumb on the, the the spectrum radios is is not as easy to use or it's mm. flimsy, flimsy, whatever clumsy. And it would be nice to have an app that I could just do the settings, touch, move, arrow, so forth, and then upload it instantly. Yeah. That and would have be really it set. Nice. So that would be a, a helpful tool. Yeah. But the rest, I mean, I'm looking at all these screens, it's like, golly, that's what, $450, 450 bucks for that? Five hundred.
0: Yeah, five hundred. To... <laughs> yeah, this
1: is how I would use it: throttle, crash. <laughs> <laughs> Next
0: part. Yeah, you have the operating system lock up on you while you're driving. Uh, but my, I just thought that it just came to me that this is the first spectrum radio that's semi open source. If you think about it, and that you can develop your own apps and and write your own software to do stuff.
2: But are they gonna? Interface with the guts of the radio.
0: Uh, good question. It's, they don't. They're not that specific here. They they just say add approved third party apps. So it implies there's some sort of approval process, but it's really a, a new direction for them. And it's be interesting to see where this goes if it catches on,
2: or does it? <laughs> Yeah, I'm waiting for somebody to show me the killer app that justifies it. Uh, Right now, I kind of think it's just, we can build it, so we did. I'm not sure that it's a radio looking for a purpose. Rather than, hey, finally, we have a a tablet on our radio after all these years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, unless it's got some killer stuff for guys who like to race boats or cars or something
2: you can listen to our podcast while you race (laughs) there you go
0: (laughs) yeah does have a microphone jack on it well it's got bluetooth so i guess you can just sync up a earpiece (laughs)
2: there you go that's worth 500 bucks right there
0: there you go yes oh well uh well check it out it's up on uh, spectrum's website take a look and maybe they'll have some more detailed information or download the manual which we probably should have done and take a look at what it
1: does oh want the 500 page manual no thanks
2: yeah we don't like to know what we're talking about we <laughs> just like to take the very high level view <laughs> <laughs> theorize without data yes spectrum's got
1: a radio it's 500 bucks go buy it
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well on that word there you go
2: yeah tell them rc roundtable sent you <laughs> yeah all right. All right. Well, Speaking uh, of Horizon Hobby stuff, Lee, what's your gripe of the week?
1: Gripe. No, we have an update. It's not necessarily a gripe. It's just the FYI. Uh, two two episodes ago, I talked about getting the champ, and then I gave an update on the champ, and now I've got a further update. And that was, um, we were reading in the RC Group's thread on the Champ S+, Plus, a couple of people were having issues where the Champ S would just fly away. It would just it would just disappear. Uh, one guy actually mentioned that it, it flew away. He was with a friend. It, it started flying off. They lost sight of it. They started walking back to the car, and all of a sudden, it came back. Uh, <laughs> another guy lost his over a mile away, but had his name and number on it, so he you know he actually got it recovered. But uh, there does appear to be a problem with the GPS uh, auto land auto or oh, virtual fence, I guess is, feature, is, and it's not bringing your plane back. Um, is this the Cartman we, feature? Where are you guys? I'm going home. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> um, we, uh, we did the GPS uh, calibration uh, the last time we flew it on Saturday. And uh, Austin flew it, and it was doing okay. He said he thought it was glitching again. We're kind of thinking now that the, the problem with the ailerons is dust or dirt in the gear mesh. A lot of other people had mentioned that they've experienced problems with the open type servo like that so we'll try to keep that clean or or blow air through those uh, gears and the the worm drive uh, before flight Um, but i when i flew it it seemed to do okay so just i'm not going to fly it uh in the outdoor mode it's going to stay indoor mode and we'll keep it in expert mode and that's our intention we're not going to play with the the auto land and stuff we don't need to so other than that uh it flies real well and it's uh, it's much better with battery life with the new brushless motor
0: so are you saying that there may be a bug in the, in the system
1: i believe there is i mean some people have expressed their concerns that the the virtual fence is a is not working properly and a lot of people like as i have stated before i'd don't like the GPS feature. I think it'd be neat to to try it, just to see how it works. But a lot of people are, have been switching it to indoor mode.
2: Hmm. So I think the FAA has cracked the code, and they're sending all GPS-equipped drones to their warehouse in Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> Come home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I
1: just love the story of that guy who just going back to his car, and all of a sudden, doo doo
2: doo Little champ <laughs> this comes back, pops him in the back of the head, <laughs>
0: it, went, it went for but, walkies. Uh, Peek-a-boo.
1: Hey, well, I'm just curious have you have either of you ever lost a plane? I just just gone bye bye,
2: fly away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. Think Come on, so. admit it. No, okay, no. Oh, I've crashed plenty out of stupidity. I I don't think I've ever had one. No. I, know, I've had some that. I flew too far away, but I don't recall ever not getting one back. Yeah.
0: The closest I ever had was one did I lost control of it and it glided into a tree and it stayed up in the tree for a couple of days. But that's closest. Now we did have one in our club recently that flew away, and we have yet to find it.
2: Uh-oh! Which direction?
0: Uh, north towards the <laughs> towards all the houses, towards the fire station,
2: uh, nice, and the airport.
0: In the airport, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: I'm sure they like
1: what do they do? Launch F-16s to go track it.
0: <laughs> and went right into Class A, Class B airspace.
1: Oh man. I've I've had a flyaway on a glider. We uh, lost uh, battery power and but the thing locked up at a nice right turn and I picked it up about a mile away. <laughs> huh? My favorite, my favorite though, is that the AMA has a video that came out in the early '80s about the joys of model aviation. I've got- it's on YouTube. I've got to find it, and it- I forget the guy who does the narration. You'd love it. It's the guy who like does a lot of sports back then, and it's a really powerful narration. And it's this guy flying his plane, and it goes into the ocean. It just it just flies away. You see the guy running after <laughs> it. It just it just goes bye bye. And it made and I the just- cut. I- I just felt for that guy. He's like, "Oh no, <laughs>
0: Wilson, <laughs>
1: Wilson!" <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that
2: was great. So yes, exactly.
1: I think the next time I get a poor runaway plane, I'm going to scream, "Wilson!" <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh, anyway, if you're if you're going to buy and purchase and fly the Champ S Plus, I highly recommend keep it in expert mode and switch it to indoor mode.
0: Or just throw it like a free flight glider and don't deal with all that stuff.
2: There you go. (laughs) Wrap it completely in aluminum foil. There you go. So the FAA's signals cannot penetrate.
0: (laughs) Yes. Or lead
2: sheet if you have access to lead sheet.
0: (laughs) If you see any black black helicopters, just run. Act like you never don't know anything.
1: All right. Well, with that, let's take a break, guys. And then we'll come back and talk about something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll
2: wing it. Good plan. All right. All right
1: all right well we're back and we're gonna talk about part 107 Uh, (laughs) do we have to we don't have to but actually it's it's a two parter it's part 107 and part 101 wait what what is the... part 101 you ask they well t- I'll tell they... you because it's it's what they put under the rug under the uh, the mat it's uh, part 101 is is actually part of 107 so we'll we'll get to it but let's start with 107 wait
0: they told me there'd be no math
1: <laughs> it's just two numbers i didn't even add. you okay. don't even have to add them or subtract okay
0: just don't don't um,
2: I have a feeling
1: they're not going to add up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they're imaginary numbers. As long
0: as I don't have to integrate them.
1: Well, Part 107 is at the FAA's new regulation on UAV pilots who are either commercial, who want to use their multi-rotor – I'm going to just say multi-rotor model or multi-rotor platform to do some type of commercial work. Uh, fly in the national airspace amongst all the other big commercial airplanes. Why would you say multirotor? Because you got quad, you got tri, you got eight or nine props. We're just going to say multirotor. But why not fixed wing? Because, you know, it's interesting you say that. In all the paperwork I'm reading on the Part 107, all this dialogue, they haven't referenced any fixed wing aircraft as far as that. I mean, the, the instructions are all the same as far as what do you need to do but you don't see any pictures of fixed-wing aircraft for what what, they're trying to sell.
0: So why are we putting numbers in our fixed-wing
2: aircraft then?
1: Exactly. What do they know? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay, continue.
1: (laughs) No, just Part 107 takes effect on Monday. We knew it was coming, and it's the new remote pilot license you have to take in order to fly in national airspace as a commercial money-collecting pilot. Um, But... The caveat is, and I, and this came out in a Forbes article that Terry sent to me and then quickly went wildfire on the UAV forum and Facebook, that uh, if you're going to be FPV, if you want to fly FPV, and that's for fun or for competition, you also have to have a Part 107 because their explanation is since hobbyists, the hobbyist rule right now is visual line of sight, then you must be flying FPV, which means you have to have a Part 107.
0: But what if you have an observer? Is that the whole point?
1: No, it still says if you are the pilot in command flying FP, first person, then you have to have a Part 107. Huh? Yeah, read it up, buddy. Under the new rule, also known as Part 107, the person actually flying a drone must have a remote pilot certificate with a small UAS rating or be directly supervised by someone with such a certificate. So it is possible that a lot of the stuff we just talked about is if you're the FPV pilot, if you don't have the license, you have to be with someone who is right next to you with the license.
2: Who's going to take the fall if you screw up?
1: That was the whole article. Did you see the Forbes article? No. Oh my god, it was a firestorm on the uh on the on the debate there in the UAV Legal News.
0: So be- if you do FPV, you have to have a, a license, which means you have to take a test and pass a test and do all the typical FAA rigmarole.
1: Yeah, I tr- I looked at some of the questions. Now it's sad because I used to work at a pilot shop when I was in out of high school, I used to work at a store near West Houston airport I and mean, we sold maps and books and all that stuff. And, and I probably could have done it back then, but I started looking at some of the questions like, why does someone need to pass this test? You know, well, if you're doing commercial work and you're going to be around airports and such I, I say, okay, I, I can understand that. But if you're just going to do FPV, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, their, their goal is to really focus on the commercial aspect and, you know, we're talking sporting events or news or film, possibly. I think that's – I mean, I think that's what their target audience is. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, and I think this is the, the typical problem we've had with the FAA all along, that there are very clear distinctions between what they're trying to regulate and then people who don't matter to that. So in this case, there's people who are using FPV for commercial stuff that really should – be looped into the 107 and then there's people who are doing races or whatever who are probably never climbing above 100 feet they're getting caught up in this net and the the FAA just uses a very broad brush that gets everybody which is why we have the the numbers on 9 ounce airplanes
0: and so this is going to be this is an FAA law. This is not something that was put in by Congress or anything like that, right?
1: No, no. This is it. And they, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm. I. I think this at this point, this completely abolishes uh, Section Part 333, whatever they called it. Um, the the item you had to get before, like you had to have a pilot's license in order to get 333, I believe. So this is the new one, and there are tests. <laughs> I find this hilarious too. There's another. Uh, group out there that was, uh, referred by the UAV legal news uh, group for just (laughs) prepping for the part 107. And there were some people posting some questions. They said, well, you know what? I'm not sure I understand this question. Could you help me? And I love some of the responses that like this one guy asked a question and the, the people responding were, well, whoever told you that you need to get your money back from that class because they don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) And I think that puts a big picture on what's happening out there is that a lot of people don't know what was, what do you really need to know about part 107? Because it appears that all these other classes that are just popping up left and right to get these licenses sold may not be teaching it properly.
0: Well, it's still so new. How do they even know what have they posted all the questions for 107
1: there's uh there's some sample questions out there and i think the rubric, uh is it rupert law or joan law Rubric. Rupert. S- rupert uh i just posted Nordbach? a standby
2: so uh, is this like the the ham test where they post the whole pool of questions and then when you go in you're going to get some subset of that
1: no they post sample questions and say these are not necessarily going to be on the test
0: <laughs> jeez okay so we don't even know what kind of questions they are going to ask for part 107
1: no well, we do and there's a sample or excuse me a test study guide okay. on the ruprecht okay J jruprechtlaw.com site
0: now when you get a pilot's license you have to take the knowledge test basically what you're talking about but you also need to have a practical test with a designated faa examiner does this have the same thing for Part 107?
1: I have not seen that, Fitz.
2: Interesting. My understanding is it is just the knowledge test. Yeah, it's just a knowledge test. Okay. But We you, don't care if you can actually fly the thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you don't know anything? <laughs> yeah, so they... Uh, this is such a... It's a madhouse, A madhouse.
1: Okay, well, here's one of the questions. When operating an unmanned airplane, the remote pilot should consider that the load factor on the wings may be increased any time, dot 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 <laughs> Any time you
0: do B, anything. C, does it have optional questions?
1: Yeah, the CG is shifted rearward to the aft CG limit. The airplane is subjected to maneuvers other than straight and level flight. Or the gross weight is reduced, such as dropping a pizza on your delivery site. <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> the answer is B. Yeah, so
0: low maneuvering changes your yeah, load.
1: Exactly. And, Actually, I did, will say a lot of the first questions are based on aeronautical charts. It says refer to aeronautical chart, yada yada, and you have to decipher all that. And
0: that's kind of understandable. Gonna, if, you, if you, want to, you want to be able to know the different airspaces if you're doing commercially, class A, B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever, um, and, and how those are regulated, I can kind of understand how that works. It's kind of weird, but it, it's probably good to know when you're flying around what kind of traffic you may be involved with and what kind of control that airspace is under.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not against the the concept that people who are doing this commercially – yeah, should have to pass rigorous testing. I'm I'm not against that at all. I think my concern is for those poor Saps who are getting pushed into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So poor slubs that first are- clubs just want to fly FPV quad rotors around a trace track now need to get a commercial license, in a sense,
1: or in a in a designated area or field or or in this case your own club.
0: Yeah,
2: and it's a hundred and fifty dollar fee to take the test. And is it every two years? Two years do you have to pay the 150 again or is it some is the retake less
1: i wish i knew the answer to that but i don't so you got to take this every two but, I mean, years that's not
2: an insignificant amount no for can i say bs for that's yes. that's more stringent than pilots
1: well i think, think one it. person had mentioned it's as if they're going to put this large fee out there to deter a lot of people from doing it so they can say they've created a safer you know nas because they've reduced the number of pilots
2: or aircraft wasn't that a common theory for the registration as well i
1: don't i don't doubt it and then of course they touted all the people who registered but that was out of fear you know they of course right behind the registration process said oh by the way you were possibly uh, responsible for a twenty-five thousand thousand dollar you know, yeah. Penalty for
0: yeah, basically they said, register or die. Oh, look, look at all the people that registered. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, I want to touch on with you guys uh, the other little part about this, and that's part of 101. And I might be incorrect in my interpretation of this, just like the FAA's interpretation of Rule 336 is incorrect. So we're even. But what I am looking at right now is the FAA has created, an, or rather moved model aviation into an existing part 101 that includes balloons, kites, and parachuting. So we are now a subset of that group and they've stuck us into part 101. And one of the addendums of that is that the whole section of 336 moved into it. But by taking us out of that reauthorization act or bill that was trying to get passed by the House and Senate, for the president to sign, they've now put us into existing regulation. And what concerns me the most is that now that they've done that, and if it's accepted because that's their current uh, regulation that applies to everybody, they can change Part 101 at any time without having to get approval. Which means, you know, we have our our five basic you know pieces that help us. They could put back that flight test demand. And they wouldn't have to get approval for it. They could also restrict the limitation for the airports. Like right now it's five miles. They might push it to ten. But from my understanding, once they do this, once it's accepted, they can change it on the fly.
0: That's not a bug. And that's it's what a scares feature. me the most. That's not a bug. It's a feature.
1: <laughs> I, I uh, Again, I, I think we should all be very cautious on what's going to be happening for the next few months. I'd like to see how how things go with people taking Part 107. Um, I'm sure that the systems will be down uh, for the first week next week. <laughs> people trying to get their licenses so they, continue, they can continue doing business. Um, uh, but uh, I, I put a little burb out there to some people that I, I won't hesitate to see the FAA... I I really said that poorly. I wouldn't be surprised if the FAA, once they put part 101 into play, that they start changing it and they completely take out the part where the FAA cannot make changes to rule 336. And they'll basically say it's because, oh, by the way, we got rid of 336.
0: Yeah. It seems likely they can do that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, on that depressing thought, (laughs) I love this hobby. I really do. And... You know guys it's it's just it's a passion of mine and I I just hope they don't kill it. I hope they don't make it sound like it's a threat to everybody because it's not. There are many people I know who enjoy this hobby, probably more than I do and that speaks volumes and I, it it shouldn't be treated this way.
0: I I say we just reclassify all our model airplanes as ultralights because apparently those don't need any type of FAA certification.
1: <laughs> yes. Terry's quiet. Did he? need to be losing?
2: No, I I think we could probably spend two hours just commiserating about the current state of things. And who knows what's real? It's – I don't even know what to say because it seems like everything you read about this is someone's interpretation. And we talked about this last time. It's an interpretation of what's out there, but there doesn't seem to be anybody – that has a consensus on, on what it's going to be and what it should be. I mean, we know what we think it should be, but we don't have the authority to make it. So
0: Well,
2: if you asked somebody from the FAA, okay, what's the hobby going to look like a year from now, they would probably give a much different answer than a big wig at the AMA. And both of them would be guessing. And if you ask somebody in Congress, they'd say, What? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Model airplanes, you mean drones? Yeah.
2: I think I voted on that bill.
1: (laughs) Oh, damn those drones. Yeah. Check my receipts. I'm not sure how I voted. (laughs) We don't want those drones here. Didn't we build a wall to keep those drones out?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Make drones great again. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Oh I love it. Where Where is that website? and Can I sign up?
2: <laughs> I think we should summarize. We just went down the rabbit hole here of part 107. And again, I don't think anybody fully understands the, the full implications of it or the scope of it. So, Lee, in a nutshell, among the three of us, you're probably the most educated on it. And, you know, 100 words or less, tell me what you think it means and what you're going to do about it.
1: Part 107 won't affect me because I do believe the FAA's goal, which is probably worthy, they're, they're trying to set up structure to keep people who are using drones via FPV that, are, that people are scared of. You know, society thinks about these things flying overhead and crashing, whatever. They, they want to get a handle on it, and it, I think it's really being driven by Amazon and Google and all these people that want to start doing deliveries. I don't have an issue with that. I think it's a great idea. My problem is where they seem to be putting some hobbyists into that section unintentionally, and I think the FPV folks are going to get hurt the most. The other part is, for me, is part 101. I, I think that is the part we should be more worried about than 107. I think the AMA should be aware that it looks like 336 is being rewritten, and it's going to be rewritten if we don't protect that, because I think that's what that's that's what it's going to transition to. Did that make
2: sense? Did I? Yeah, that makes sense. It was 306 words, but it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! I'll try again. 107, that... <laughs> okay. One went
1: bad.
0: I don't think Lee's capable of saying anything in less than 500 I'm words. sorry.
2: I'm so, so sorry. Well, I think we all need a minute to settle down. So, Lee, take one of the blue pills and two of the orange. Take three of the orange. And let's come back in a minute. <laughs> Can we talk about something more fun now?
1: Sure.
2: Please How do. About actually flying models. Woohoo! This weekend, starting today, we're recording this on a Friday. My club's annual Warbird event got started. And we had uh, started out with a little bit of clouds, which was uh, concerning. But then by lunchtime, all the sun came out and we had a gentle breeze right down the runway. So there was lots of flying going on and uh, a lot of neat models. I crashed my Corsair. Actually I didn't crash it. I never got it off the ground. But um, I did break the prop. Um, but I took lots of pictures, shot a lot of video. Once this thing is done, I'll post some pictures on our probably on our Facebook page. So it'll be some fun stuff to see.
0: Cool. Yeah, I can contest. Uh, I, I went there last year and had a great time there. It was a real fun event to go to and lots of good stuff to fly, plenty of runway space. And uh, we look forward to seeing some yeah. of the pictures.
2: Yeah, our field is uh, a former civil full-scale airport, and before that, it was a auxiliary military airport. So it's big. We've got the runway all through ourselves now, and there's nothing but open fields next to us. So plenty of room to stretch your wings. What's happening tomorrow? Tomorrow should be the big day. That's when we invite the public to come out and watch, and. You know, this is a little bit north of Lubbock, so it's not like we're in the, the middle of New York or anything. <laughs> you have a public? Of, yeah, drawing crowds. But, you know, we usually get a pretty good turnout from the local community. And, uh, <laughs> the farmer and his cows? Lots of flying going on. Yeah, right, they bring their John Deers. And, uh, <laughs> is it John Deers or John Deere? What's the plural of John Deere?
0: I would say Deers,
2: right? Deers. Yeah, okay, just singing. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, we'll have that, and the neat thing we do is we let them come out around lunchtime and walk the flight line, and we have a People's Choice Award where they vote on their favorite plane, and that pilot gets some sort of award at the end of the day. So, it's low-key, but it's a lot of fun. Any contests? (laughs) No, there's really... It's pretty much open flying. There's the People's Choice Award that I talked about, and then... There's a panel of secret voters who choose um, categories. Best World War One, I, I think Best Modern Plane, Best World War II, uh, that might be it. But there's just a few categories, and it's not an actual competition with rules, just uh, at the discretion of the panel. And that's it. It's open flying all weekend. How many years have they been doing it? I think this is the seventh year
1: Lucky seven.
2: Yeah. And there's actually a lot of turbine models that come out and usually a bunch of big gas models. So always some neat stuff to see. We get guys from Oklahoma and New Mexico and guys that come up from Dallas. So it's not always a huge crowd, but it's a very diverse crowd with some good quality stuff.
1: Does your club have a Facebook page or does the event have a Facebook page?
2: It does. WestTexasWarBirds.com is our event page. And there's... Facebook page by the same name, West Texas Warbirds. Do they post photos
1: actively or like do the members of that, that group post photos during the
2: event? I don't think during the event. I put up one afterwards today and same yesterday. But no, it's again out in the middle of the country. So cell reception is pretty spotty. So there's not a whole lot of tweeting going on out there.
1: <laughs> We're in the boonies. We operated 300 baud. We are (laughs) pleasantly off the grid.
0: You're so far in the country, you don't even get satellite.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Well, speaking of events, I want to remind everyone that coming up in October, the first week in October, which is less than two months away, uh, October 1st and 2nd is best at uh, Tri-County Barnstormers in New Waverly, Texas.
2: Just, so, just over a month
1: just over a month and that means cramming time to build my models so please be there uh, hopefully the three of us will be there this year and if you have never been and you are listening to this podcast come look for us we're usually on the uh, north end of the field uh, tenting And tenting is that a tenting word tenting <laughs> don't tempt me bro don't tempt me bro <laughs> What would you call it? Camping? Camping? Well, that makes it sound like there's a fire. <laughs> well, there, there might there be might a lipo be. fire. <laughs> Depends
0: how hard you crash.
1: We're sitting around the lipo fire cooking marshmallows. Um, no, October 1st and 2nd. We usually show up on Friday, so the the day
2: before. Anyway, but not out there. So you two were sure things, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm probably 50-50 at this point. So
0: this will be I my will... 13th year. Wow. They've been doing it that yeah. long? Now, I've
2: missed the last three since I no longer live within nine hours of there. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I'll make an effort to get down there, but, you know, life happens.
1: And Fitz has a really nice video if you go to YouTube. And hopefully we'll post it a... I don't know if we've posted it before of, of best, but it's a, it, it turned out really good. Fitz, oh, so, thank you. Nice pro nice promotional video for it. Yes. Yeah,
0: I have that. I also have the West Texas Warbirds too from last year. So if you haven't seen those, take a look.
1: Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of RC Roundtable. We know we touched on a lot of different topics, but we're we're just going out there and grabbing all the information we can to share with you guys. And if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, please. Send us an email at contact, excuse me, contact at rcroundtable.com or visit our Facebook page, RC Roundtable.
0: Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions and listen to our other great podcasts. Those who live in Las Vegas can listen to us over the radio at the all new Magic 97.9 FM. K-I-O-F-L-P-Las-Vegas